You're listening to the Changing Normal Podcast, where we strive to outdo the old normal and reject the new normal. And now your hosts, Owen, Dan, and Ben. Welcome to episode 36 of the Changing Normal Podcast, where we continue our second part and discuss the latest news from Ledger. All right. What were we going to talk about? I think we were going to hit on the Ledger <laughs> news as the <laughs> one of the things we wanted yep. to discuss, actually, because this is kind of still brand new in the last two days. And mm. so it's kind of a, a dropped out of nowhere thing. And it's like, oh, whoa, what's going on here? So who has the, the short and sweet summary of what's happening? Uh, basically... Basically, Ledger, the company Ledger, which uh, have, they're they're a pr- company that provides hardware wallets, uh, Bitcoin wallets, uh, crypto wallets, really, I should say, because they do a lot of different cryptos. <clears throat> they are updating uh, their wallets, uh, certain wallets. To provide a an ID based key recovery service uh, that will basically provide a backup for your seed phrase or your secret recovery phrase they call it. Um, so that may sound wonderful at first glance to go, hey, that's cool. If I something happens and I lose my seed phrase, I can you know recover that. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but that sounds like our traditional finance system, does it not? <laughs> I, I think there's definitely different sides to this because uh, I, I don't think the reaction was expected because I think Ledger is a company that's trying to be very cutting edge and forward thinking. And they're like, mm-hmm. we're taking this you know, big step to make uh, custody and uh backup plan more accessible to the new customers coming on board you know mm-hmm. we're going to make it easier um and, and uh the, the backlash from the hardened bitcoiners was no <laughs> <laughs> this is a big no big fat no yeah which uh funny. i guess is kind of leads you to uh the question of how many uh how many hodlers does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer being change. What do you mean change? <laughs> Basically what they're proposing is that, uh, that your wallet recovery uh, phrase will be split into three encrypted shards. They're calling it. And then distribute them to three different custodians. Ledger, uh, a a crypto custody firm, and a code escrow company. It's called escrow tech. So that if basically if you lose your recovery phrase, two of the three shards can be combined to Mm -hmm. regain access. Those so this so, is very similar to a two of three multi-sig, multi-sig. wallet. Yeah, took the words out of my mouth. Then. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe someone up on the tech would say there's some some differences, but um, it seems very similar. Definitely the the three pieces and two of them are sufficient <laughs> to uh, uh, recover the wallet. Um, 
that does basically describe a multi-sig. <laughs> well, so, yeah, it's, a, it's the same it's idea. A, it's the only difference that I know is that this is the one seed phase that's being split, whereas a multi-sig is technically three keys, right? Three mm -hmm. or three, five, whatever. Yeah. You know, three, five, and the difference seven. is with a multi-sig is you hold one of the keys. <laughs> This is not that situation. This is I'm giving my seed phrase out and I don't hold an essential part of, of that phrase. So the, mm -hmm. those, those three parts can be utilized and I don't have any control over what those companies essentially do with it. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference yep. with a multi-sig. So you hold the key part and the other parts can't do anything without your permission because you hold a part of the key. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The basic principle of, I guess, of hardware wallets in particular, that's kind of been, been drilled into the heads of people who've been in Bitcoin for a little while is this is a cold wallet, meaning it's not internet connected and your private mm -hmm. key or the, uh, the backup seed phrase that is derived from the private key will never be on an internet connected device. And so this flies in the face of that principle we were taught was an essential feature. Mm -hmm. So looking at that, it's, it's understandable why it's such a, a jarring uh, thing to have dropped on us. Um, I think I could argue in favor of it though, in the sense that looking at trying to expand Bitcoin adoption, it's like, a self-custody that is difficult is not going to be for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think you stall adoption if that is the standard that is expected. Um, people are going to struggle with that. And so they're looking at the market demands and saying, we need to have some solution. Yeah, I don't disagree yeah. with you on that. Uh, except for the fact that you are then going back to a somewhat of a trusted system. Now, you the piece that is still untrusted is that this is just a recovery. This is not uh, requiring a trusted third party to exchange your crypto, to move your, your crypto, to do anything with it. This is simply a way to access it if you lose your seed phrase. Mm -hmm. So, so it, it isn't fully going to our existing system where we, where everything, it goes through the trusted third party yet, but it certainly does eliminate a certain amount of the uh, sovereignty of it. When mm -hmm. now you're, your seed phrase is stored with companies that want to stay in business and it centralizes it, I guess, in that they, those companies could all be leaned on. Um, mm -hmm. now, yeah. But to me, to me, when, that whenever that's you less, refer to, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, want I was to. just going to say that's less of a, that's, that's only part of the concern with this, mm -hmm. but we can get in more into the security issue here in a minute. So go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, whenever you take, I guess that relationship between a customer and a company, it always is going to be a centralized one. Mm -hmm. And I guess the, 
the security element in that is that there's not just one company that has some proprietary advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like anyone can be building uh, clients that run on top of Bitcoin and provide that wallet service. Um, mm-hmm. But when you deal with when you're dealing with a company like Ledger, it's like I have a certain level of trust in them. Um, when I buy a wallet from them, I do have to trust that they're not sending me a compromised device. That's right. So I don't think you can get around having that trust element when you're buying a product. No, absolutely. I think if we have that expectation that Bitcoin can 100% insulate us from counterparty risk, that's probably wildly unrealistic. Yeah, I heard heard someone talking about it in this way, and they said this trustless trust system of bitcoin is meant to build trust between people the way the system runs knowing that and they were talking about this in terms of noster actually the fact that you can verify um, um through uh, uh through keys right like i could send you my uh um my pub key and you can and you can punch it into a client and verify that it's me um so this the system that bitcoin is designed to be this trustless system when people are utilizing it it means that they have the keys that they interact with their bitcoin with which then creates trust between the individuals because you know that you're operating within a system that requires you to be responsible and to be um, uh, sovereign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the trustless element is not meaning that you're not going to have relationships between individuals, between individuals and businesses that require trust. It doesn't mean that you're walled off and insulated from everyone. I think the importance of Bitcoin being what we call, you know, quote unquote, trustless is that the ledger itself is not run by someone that requires that you trust them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not putting your trust in the running of the ledger. Um, and the ledger being trustless is the biggest difference. Um, and I think... After that, you are still going to have uh, interactions where you have to put some trust in someone. If you, if I want to buy something from someone uh, with Bitcoin online, I do have to trust that they're going to mail the product if it's a physical product. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and we could try and create ways to do every single human interaction trustlessly, but I think that may be a reach. <laughs> yep. Yep. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So one interesting comment uh, from Ledger that was interesting, they said, um, addressing the question about whether or not uh, the firmware updates could be compromised and leak a phrase. And they said, regardless of whether or not uh, they roll out this recover program, if you do a firmware update, you are trusting them to have a completely safe uh, update. Mm-hmm. Like regardless of what they market as being in the update, if an update is being run, you are trusting that they did it correctly. Right. Yep. No, that's that is that is a legitimate 
point, and that is uh, a true one. Mm-hmm. So and at that point, that's when you that's... Ha- that's when you have to make a decision on what companies you plan on using and who you are going to go with, uh, for sure. And so you have to look mm-hmm. at track record. You have to look at a lot of different mm-hmm. things, which is why I pick, you know, in the past, pick someone like Ledger or Trezor over maybe an unknown wallet, you know, that very few people use. Um, Can we talk about their track record? Yeah, yeah we could. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I like the Ledger product, but this concerns me, I think, for a couple of reasons. So just to push back on that a little bit. Even though they say it's encrypted, and they don't really, it's still online. You are still putting your private key online. Any, and and then they'll also say, well, you have to opt into this. But in order for you to opt in or opt out, that the code has to be on your device. And so now you're in a situation where the code's still there, even if you don't opt in. <laughs> from, from, what mm-hmm. I understand. Um, yep. And again, they're saying, well, to opt in, it requires manually pressing the buttons on the device. Right. And somebody could say, well, how do I know that? To which they said, well, you don't it's even know your device is secure. It's like if, if we didn't, <laughs> again, if they didn't build the firmware correctly originally. Yeah. So this is, it's, it's, it's a reputation enough- becomes so big in, in an interaction or business relationship. Yeah. I think one thing that I'd like to see, and they did mention this is more open source because Ledger has been a system that runs on a proprietary code base. Yes. Their little security features, what they put on their security chip. Um, but they said part of their plans for the future are to move everything to an open source basis, which is very interesting to me. And I think, that definitely helps alleviate some of the concerns about what kind of model they're headed towards, how they see the future, um, to see that they're willing to move towards an open source system, I think is a good sign. One of the things this does though, and, and they, I mean, they make the claim that their wallet is an offline wallet, but in order for this to really work, can't be truly offline if you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's it's yeah not co- I guess quite walled off in the same way and so if your concern you is, is to say that a, if they say that a firmware update can enable the device to send a form of your private key through the mm-hmm. internet then it is mm-hmm. currently physically possible for that key to be sent if it's only dependent on the firmware that is loaded onto the device. Mm-hmm. And my impression was that firmware was like uneditable on the hardware device, but Ledger has built their system around planned future upgrades so that hardware devices would not become obsolete. Right. Hmm. It's a big, it's a big enough red flag that when I was talking to Steph, Steph about it, <clears throat> she's not in 
do Bitcoin. She's not, you know, up to speed on everything, but just based on the discussions, the few discussions we've had and hearing me talk to you guys about stuff, it was concerning to her that this, what is supposed to be a cold, cold wallet is now going to be held in three parts by these other entities versus just me holding it and looking after it myself. It was uh, mm-hmm. like someone who's not in the Bitcoin space was like, yeah, that doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. Yep. I guess we circle back around to the premise that we bought the hardware wallets on and that was, no, there's no way your private key can ever end up on a internet connected mm-hmm. device. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I think that is where some of the hostility is coming from is just like, Oh no, those, those devices that you bought actually are capable of putting your private key, even in an encrypted form, but still they're capable of putting the private key on the internet. And it's like, well, that wasn't the assumption I had, I was That's working right. on exactly. when I purchased your hardware wallet. So it's, I can see the arguments in favor of this and I hope they do a good job. I hope that they figured this out and that uh, their encryption and breaking the private key into pieces is totally functional and no one ever has any problems with it or leaks from that. But uh, so if you, if you bought into the premise of uh, a totally cold wallet, then this is not that product anymore. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest parts of it and probably why you're right, there is so much outrage in that you do make the assumption that, oh, I bought this thing and it does this only to find out, oh, actually it is capable of these other things or we're going to make it capable of those other things. Even if it isn't mm-hmm. now currently capable of that, oh, we're going to do that in the future. So now we we can look at this and go well oh well it's only uh, you know available for the Nano X the Ledger Nano X well I don't have a Ledger Nano X so I'm probably good but that doesn't mean that's not going to be the code's not going to be included in that f- in a future update for the future when the S is going to be included in <laughs> having those features and because it's a closed it's a proprietary code. Nobody can look and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So even the fact that this is being called into question, right? It's that seed of doubt. I think that is what disturbs people because there is no way to verify. And Bitcoiners especially have that whole don't trust, don't verify, trust verify attitude, right? And we're not able to verify. I mean, I couldn't either because I can't really read code. But the people who can, you know, are saying, hey, we don't know what's in this because we can't read the code. Um, And so there's there's some fundamental Bitcoin principles that are sort of being stepped away from. And I think for, yeah, like you say, the Bitcoin maxis and the people who, you know, are Bitcoin only people who really believe in the principles that Bitcoin is founded on. That mm-hmm. is why they find it so disturbing and upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
I'm going to say uh, I don't have any huge concerns about the security of the devices in the short term. Like I don't see any panic to like drop mm. your ledger device and move away instantly. Um, I think our discussion has more been revolving around it is ledger working on, I guess the principles we like mm. to see. It's a more of a long-term outlook. And uh, here's a suggestion. What if ledger becomes more of an in-between from a hot wallet on your cell phone and a cold wallet that cannot send Mm -hmm. uh, your backup phrase on the internet. What if it's kind of an in-between and it serves that purpose of kind of like a a lower security safe, for example, that's not hidden away. If we move to like the physical safe analogy, you know, we, we treat the hot wallets on our phones uh, like, uh, like the wallet in your pocket. That's the analogy we use. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so maybe if Ledger wants to market themselves as kind of a middle ground between a super, super cold wallet and uh, the hot wallet on your your phone, maybe there's a a use case for that. Yeah, very potentially. And like you say, and as you made a good point early on in that, we're going to see these sorts of services because this is a paid service. This isn't just free. I mean, they they require you to pay for it Um, like like a subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of this as the demand for easy to use um, Bitcoin and crypto uh, becomes higher as the demand becomes higher for that sort of thing. We're going to see all, all sorts of these types of services and there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be people that mm-hmm. get scammed and people that get ripped off and Mm-hmm. That's part of, I mean, we saw that with every, any of these technologies, we see that uh, in their mm-hmm. early days, but. Um, yeah, it could be. We've, we've kind of uh, gotten locked into a, a model where there's like uh, a dichotomy. It's like, there's your hot yeah. wallet and your cold wallet. In the future, we'll maybe have hundreds of products that are across a wide spectrum, you know, on mm-hmm. that hot, cold scale. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? In that case, I could make the argument that if this moves people away from the wallet on their phone, then a gain has been made in security. Yep. As long as people, economies. as <laughs> as long as people <laughs> go into it with eyes wide open. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, that's the. The being just being cognizant of what the principles of Bitcoin are, what they strive to be and promote, and that this falls short in some areas but makes strides in others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's where you're not going to get a true statement from Ledger because Ledger is go- always going to say it's safe and secure. It's safe and secure. It's safe and secure. Guess who else has been saying the banking system is safe and secure, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, so they're always going to say, oh, well, my product's safe and secure. Uh, you just need to make sure you understand the potentiality on why maybe it isn't as safe and secure as the people who, you know, who are, are running mm-hmm. this product saying, because... We've got an awful lot of banks out there that couldn't fail 
it's too big to fail. <laughs> well, they failed. So it's it's I I just think that people need to stay up on the technology and and not underestimate the the potential risk and yeah maybe it's the type of thing where you say well I'm gonna I'm gonna still use my ledger but I'm not gonna keep all my Bitcoin on my ledger you know maybe this product is useful in some other way for me to keep just mm -hmm. some of my Bitcoin there but maybe I do want to move some of it to another mm -hmm. wallet. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's not your super secure backup, but it's uh, maybe it's the cold wallet you carry around with you. Right. Hopefully right. not on your necklace, though. I think that's a dumb yeah. idea by ledger. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck, guys? Wear wear your cold wallet as jewelry. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that's. I'm sorry, bad idea. So, so that's sort of we talked about. I mean, the risks. We didn't really outline the risks super clearly. I think the, the risks, risks are your key phrase is a lot more vulnerable now. Yeah, that is. I mean, the risk <laughs> is it gets comp the, the companies that hold it. If you were to use this service, get coerced into giving it up to, you know, government or some third party. The risk is there's a backdoor to your seed phrase. It's more online. In theory, it's more prone to hacking and stuff like that because they haven't had that i'd say this doesn't qualify as a back door uh no let's let's but they are accessing your seed phrase so you're right it's it's not a back door but it makes it's it a back does, door in the, in the sense that it makes the device capable of sending your seed phrase on the internet the code is there to do so so it's a backdoor yeah, in that sense. It's not it's changing it's not the capability, a, but if they are working according to what they're saying and that you do right. have to opt in and you do have to push the physical button on the device, it doesn't meet the definition of a backdoor. No, that's true. That's true. It's not a backdoor. I guess the potential potentiality is there to turn that into a backdoor through either malware or you know, some way of accessing your, because it's not fully offline now, that code mm -hmm. is there to send out that seed phrase that could be exploited somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas before, because the device simply wasn't capable of doing that, that wasn't an exploitable attack. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As far as the, uh, hmm. like, if you're going to start I talking about different, attack different security back. lines of attacks, like it could be on right. the encrypted pieces of the seed phrase, or it could be in the firmware itself. And if the firmware is secure and it's doing what they say, then if. you're safe simply by opting out. Yes, that is the, mm -hmm. the part of the modeling the risk or attempting to model the risk is, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, judging how much trust you're putting in someone. Yeah, and uh, so I think that's well, good to look at. I think that's kind of ties in with different topics besides just Bitcoin. I mean, we've talked a lot mm -hmm. about risk assessment and risk mitigation. So this is not an isolated to Bitcoin element. No, no. So from that point of view, then uh, let's talk about 
if someone has this concern, what can they do in the short term to protect themselves? Short term, long term discussion. And what's the best way practically to go about saying, well, I don't know if I can trust Ledger anymore. I'm, I don't want this service and I don't know that I want my device to be even capable of the service. As you pointed earlier, Dan, don't panic and run out and, you know, switch everything over to another wallet necessarily. I mean, you can, if you mm -hmm. want, but this isn't, you know, a panic now type thing. You have some time. Mm -hmm. So what, yep. what's the best way to go about protecting yourself? That's going to cost you the least. So here's one potential uh, line of action. Um, treat this as just another step in the learning curve of Bitcoin. And uh, if it's something where you say, oh, all of a sudden I'm not as comfortable with how much I know about securing Bitcoin. It's like, well, maybe you take a step back and it's like you, you remember that we shouldn't be all in on Bitcoin. It's like you remember why we should be diversified uh, to mitigate risk. And then when looking at uh, the pool of my uh, net worth that is in Bitcoin, I think about how to continue to grow in my awareness of uh, security risks. And so looking at Ledger, I say maybe it is an in-between product, you know, halfway between a hot wallet and a cold wallet. And so then I'll probably cap out the amount I would feel comfortable uh, storing on my Ledger Nano X. Uh, that seems like a reasonable course to me. Um, we talk about kind of setting a, a cap you're comfortable with putting in a hot wallet on your phone. So maybe do the same with your Ledger device if you don't feel comfortable with Ledger. Um, and uh, if you say, well, now I don't feel comfortable with uh, a super huge amount on any cold wallet. <laughs> well, then uh, I'd say hold off on diving into that amount of Bitcoin, whatever that amount is for you, and uh, read up more about the security and reputation of other companies that offer cold wallets and see if, uh, if those products are maybe more in line with the security demands you have. And so uh, I think you guys have looked at uh, the cold card as a different wallet, and uh, I think we might get some reviews on that product in the future. <laughs> so I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, ben, the, ben and I, ben and I both the same day, <laughs> the same day without <laughs> speaking about it to each other. We didn't talk you know, about it till after. <laughs> we, we, even used this, we even used the same uh, discount, discount codes. <laughs> <laughs> Practically twins. <laughs> oh my goodness! Besides, it's the same Bitcoin. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Uh, don't panic. Um, no, never panic. Keep learning. Yeah. But 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 Dan, I already have fifteen Bitcoin. What do I do to protect it? And it's all on my ledger. Hmm. Hmm. If I had 15 Bitcoin on my ledger, I would say, you know what? I might get a Trezor and a cold card and split it up three ways. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the other question I had is like, oh, and this is probably an entirely different, dis or entirely separate discussion, but like, at what point do you consider the fact that you're running your Bitcoin through their nodes? 
right? Like, unless, unless you're, you have a, uh, and the, the real big KYC privacy Bitcoin people would say you should be running your own node anyway, but <laughs> I'm not that techie mm-hmm. yet, or do I, nor do I have the resources to be in that vein quite yet, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was yeah. what, that was where my brain went on that. Like, is that a risk mitigation factor that needs more, uh, more attention paid to it or does it kind of fall by the wayside? Mm-hmm. Well, the node is 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 part of the Bitcoin network, and so that wouldn't concern me so much because it's working on the mm-hmm. con- the network consensus. Yeah, I guess it's the in the node handling the transaction. Do they have the ability to tamper with the transaction as they relay it? I, I, I'm not yeah. sure about that because I'm not sure if signing the transaction signing secures it from tampering or not, but. It's also probably drifting off topic a little bit. This is maybe if we talk about nodes <laughs> as a different segment. <laughs> That's a good point, though. There are uh, a lot of different uh, potential attack points or weaknesses, I guess, weaknesses we might discover in the future. And uh, I think it's a good reminder that Bitcoin is a totally new field. You know, it's only, uh, what, 14 years old this year. Mm -hmm. So still new, still in development. And uh, I think that's why people should spread the risk around by, uh, you know, having wealth and other things besides Bitcoin. I think a little bit of gold has, uh, I think, fairly known risks compared to Bitcoin, which is a new thing. And so we don't know what might pop up and what might be developed. and so, uh, yeah, diver- diversify, um, but keep learning, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see how things go. Mm-hmm. I don't have do the crystal reaction. ball to peer into the future and uh, tell you exactly how you can be super safe with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think the last things are a little more specific where I want, where I thought we should go with it to protect mm-hmm. yourself, because the general principles you have definitely are are important and are spot on. But if you do have a ledger and a bunch of crypto on it or Bitcoin, I mean, in the short term, you can simply not upgrade the firmware. The, the firmware. You know, you can not do mm-hmm. the updates that ledger puts out as an option to do, but that's only a short term solution because there are other attack vectors and there are other things that, you may want the you know, updates for <laughs> that are good mm-hmm. things. Uh, and so that's a short-term solution. If you decide to transfer, if you do not update and you decide to transfer to another wallet, I do believe, and, and I don't know, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think you don't update and you use your seed phrase to simply sweep to another wallet and then never use never update that ledger you should be safe to continue using the same seed phrase should you not mm-hmm. yeah right because so. you you can restore using a seed phrase to any wallet mm-hmm. that uses you know the, the the same number of words 
So if I get a cold card or I get a Trezor and I want to switch over and I've not updated my ledger, so I, 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 in that sense, mitigate any risk of foul play with my seed phrase being connected to the internet, I can simply mm-hmm. put that seed phrase into my new new mm-hmm. signing device and I should be set to go. Now, if my ledger right. is already updated um, and I feel that it has somehow been compromised, my seed phrase been compromised by that, which isn't necessarily the case, but if, if I mean, everyone has to operate under their level of, of, you know, comfort with these things, then you're going to have mm-hmm. to actually create a new seed device generate a new address and send all of your Bitcoin on the network to uh, your new address, which if you have a lot could get expensive. Mm. Yep. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, And maybe people uh, aren't familiar with the term sweeping when you mentioned like sweeping your Bitcoin. Um, And that would refer to, uh, a process where, say, I get another wallet and I open that and instead of uh, starting a new account, getting a new seed phrase, I uh, use the recover feature and basically type in my old seed phrase. Um, so in this example, if, if I just bought a Trezor and uh, I had a ledger previously, I could type in the seed phrase I got off my ledger into my new Trezor and it will load that account in. So as you said, that, that's a quick and easy way. It doesn't cost anything to do it that way uh, because you're inputting, basically inputting that private key into the device and then the private, by having the private key, it can check and see how many Bitcoin are assigned to all the, the addresses derived from that private key. Um, and then the second one would be sending your Bitcoin to a totally different uh, address and sending over the blockchain does have a transaction fee involved. So, yep. (laughs) Yeah. So those are the only, I mean, those are the two, the only really two things that I could see in the sense that if you stay with ledger long-term, you are, going to have to update if you want to maintain any sort of security on your device. And if you don't like this specific feature, you do run the risk of having it forced upon you at some point um, through, through updates. If you're fine mm-hmm. with the feature and you trust ledger and believe what they say and you don't have, you know, that's cool. Like I, and I think probably that's going to be okay. And I don't think Ledger is nefarious in anything they're attempting to do. But does it open up an attack vector that maybe a person's not comfortable with? And that everyone has to decide for themselves. Yep. And I think we've kicked uh, that around. Mm-hmm. pretty thoroughly <laughs> from multiple <laughs> angles. Um, and uh, if there is any uh, new tidbits that we discover about this, I think we'll come back to it in the future. Um, For sure. In the meantime, if you have any uh, questions, 
about what to do if you have a ledger or anything like that. If something wasn't clear, uh, we'd be happy to uh, answer any questions. And you can send those to changingnormal at protonmail.com. Okay. Are you wrapping up the show? (laughs) (laughs) This is where Owen's voiceover comes in. Oh, no, no voiceover. No, that one just drops right there. Uh, that one just drops. ending line, but that one just okay. has to drop right there. It's all right. It's all right. We're, we're, we're a little rusty. I actually came up with a new uh, ending line. I got to see if I can find it because I wrote it down, but now I forget what it was. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought this was good. I'm going to leave all this in, by the way, guys. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no editing. <laughs> Just going to cut it and split it. Everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing himself. Oh, I like mm-hmm. that. Sun Tzu, probably. Leo Tolstoy. <laughs> Leo Tolstoy. Yeah. Have you seen that type of meme where it's like a, uh, uh, supposed quote, and then it says Sun Tzu, probably. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the first time I saw that, I was like, oh, I like that. <laughs> All right, so I think that's the end of the show. Um, and I'm not even going to use our new tagline because I don't like it anymore. <laughs> quote, and <laughs> Don't worry about changing the world, but change yourself. <laughs> <laughs>